curiosity is the precursor to appreciation. And appreciation is the birthplace of empathy. And when we have empathy, we start to develop compassion. And when we have compassion, you can literally connect with anyone. We're bringing back one of our favorite guests today. John Israel is teaching people how to change their lives by changing their conversations. It all starts with the paradigm of being genuinely thankful for our experience of life. In the spirit of thanksgiving, John and I recorded this special episode of the podcast. I know you'll enjoy it, and I hope you share this with others, as the world can always use a little more of John Israel. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am excited to have a repeat guest today, Mr. John Israel. I have told many people since the advent of this podcast that my episode with John Israel earlier this year has been my favorite episode that we have had. And so I'm very excited to welcome John back today for a little different spin as we honor the theme of Thanksgiving Day with this episode today. Of course, John is a former Cutco rep and manager, a member of the Hall of Fame. Today, he is now an author, speaker, a father of three, which that has changed since our last episode. It has, uh, hasn't it? Yeah. Father of three, and he's an inspiration to many. Uh, so I'm really excited to have you here today, John. Thanks for making time once again for the podcast. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks a lot, Dan. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I wanted to have you begin by sharing something from the previous episode, because there's a story that I feel like sets the stage for a lot of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about thankfulness, appreciation, compassion, a lot of traits that are, uh, I think, synonymous with the, the concept of thanksgiving. And a lot of these lessons began being ingrained in you through a story of a Cutco customer of yours named Cynthia. So why don't we open with that story and then we'll go from there. Yeah, this is a um, it's a great story, and, and and I say that because it's it's one that you do, I don't get to forget, right? And some of the most powerful experiences of life, the beautiful thing is you don't get to forget some lessons you receive. So for me, this is back in 2002, first summer I started selling Cutco, and I got a referral from a, a high school friend's mom to a coworker, and she was a nurse. Her name was Cynthia, and uh, Cynthia lived in uh, Escondido, California, so about 30 minutes from my house. I drove out, uh, did my presentation, and. What was really cool about Cynthia is she was one of those naturally warm people, right? She just 
very open, very trusting, very just like kind of like wanted to be everybody's mom. And she was just very, she's a wonderful person to meet. And we got to have a great conversation about her. She was a single mom. She had two boys. They had just graduated school. They had moved out of the house, starting their own lives. And so she um, wound up sitting down with me and ordered a modest order of Cutco knives. Nothing crazy, but she got some pieces to add to her, her collection. She already had some Cutco at the time. And I leave the house, continue on with my life. And uh, I get a call from Cynthia the next day. And she says, uh, Hey, John, uh, I really hate to do this, but I need to cancel my order. Which was a big shock to me, Dan, because at that time in my life, no one had ever canceled anything ever in my life, right? And I was new to Cutco. I was one month into the job. And she's like, yeah, I need you to cancel my order. And I was just like, so confused. I was like, is there something I did? Is there something I said? What can I do? And she was just like, no, I can't talk about it. I just need to know that you can cancel my order. She got very stern. And I said, yeah, of course, I'll figure it out. And she's like, okay, bye. I just hung up. I was so confused, so perplexed. And, and so I, I canceled her order. And moving forward, I, I, just was, I was really bothered by it, Dan. And, and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Why? And I spoke with my mom about it. And, uh, and she's like, how's everything going? And I was like, no, nah, it's terrible. I had this customer call me and cancel an order. Now, my mom has been in sales for years. So she's like experienced everything under the sun, right? And she's like, Okay, well, what's what's the big problem about this that she canceled? And I said, well, she, you know, she said she was going to buy it, and then she didn't, and then that that's not cool. That's not okay. She's like, well, you know, John, let me ask you this: Have you ever had somebody who has not bought from you on an appointment? In other words, have you ever had a no sale? And I was like, yeah, of course, I've had that. She's like, well, why can't you just consider this like one of those experiences that she just didn't buy? And I thought about it, and what I got present to Dan that I was actually really upset about was not that I. Am missing the sale or that I lost the sale, but it's that I lost the relationship. Because mm-hmm. I was so connected to who she was as a person. And I was just like, wow, I just want to hang out with this lady. She was so great. And, and so I said, I was like, yeah, I'm just really bummed that I'm, I'm missing out on this relationship and connection that we had. And she said, well, why didn't you tell her that? I was like, what do you mean tell her that? How the heck do you want me to tell her that? She's like, well, what if you just wrote her a letter? And my mom is like, she's an artist by trade. Her thoughts are, there's always a more creative solution. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to her. I went to her desk and I grabbed some stationery and I wrote this woman Cynthia a thank you card. And when I, I sat down to write it, it was a little awkward. But when I had to think about, okay, well, what could I be appreciative of here? And this is essentially the letter that came out. And I said, you know, dear Cynthia, I just wanted to reach out to say thank you so much for your time. I know right now is not uh, the time for you to be ordering any Cutco, but I just want to let you know how much I really enjoyed getting together with you. Uh, getting to learn about your life, getting to learn about your boys, and getting to just really spend time with a genuinely nice person. And if there's ever a time in the future where you want to get some cut, I'm happy to help you. But other than that, I just want to let you know, uh, I think you're a great person. And uh, I wish you all the best. God bless. You know, Sincerely, Cutco John. That's what I said. Everything back then was Cutco John. And I sent the letter. And two things happened. One is almost immediately... I feel better. Like this mm-hmm. like resentment, this anger, this frustration just lifted off my shoulders. And eventually I just kind of forgot about the experience. I just kind of moved on with life. The second thing that happened was two years later, I'm, I'm sitting in my college apartment. I, I remember what I was working on some homework. And I get a phone call from San Diego back home. And I pick it up and I said, who's this? And she says, well, I'm not sure if you remember me, but my name is Cynthia. And I, and I, I tried to buy some Cutco from you a few years ago. Are you still selling Cutco? And I said, Oh my gosh, of course, Cynthia. Like, I remember you. How can I help you? She's like, Well, you know, I know I had to cancel my order a few years ago, but I'm ready to order my knife. So I was wondering if you can help me with that. I was like, Yeah, of course. What do you want? And so Dan, she had gotten a Cutco catalog somehow. And 
started proceeded to list out practically the entire catalog <laughs> of what she wanted to buy. And I was blown away because she was about to buy, I think it was about to be my biggest order of my career. Wow. And I was filling everything out and I'm we're getting to the end and she gives me her credit card and I'm just dumbfounded. I'm like, where in the hell did this hat where did this come <laughs> from? And she says, John, do you know why I'm calling you right now? And I said, I have no idea. She says, well, what I couldn't tell you all those years ago is the reason I had to cancel my order is that I had just found out that I was extremely sick. And I was so sick that I had to leave my job. So sick that my boys who had just moved out of the house had to move back into the house to take care of me while I went through treatment. And while the last thing I wanted to do was to cancel my order, I just I had to. And the moment I got your letter in the mail was the moment I realized that you valued me as a human being more than just a customer. And I told myself, when I get healthy one day, I'm going to call this kid and I'm going to buy every damn knife he's selling. <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And, and Dan, it was this moment of, you know, I say it's, it's a lesson that I never, you don't get to unlearn, which is the lesson of treating people as more important than profit. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately what you learn in business is that it's people, it's human beings that bring you your profit. It's not just a credit card uh, or a credit score or whatever your business is that it's related to. It's a human being with a life attached to it. And when people feel valued from that scale, they just, they're like, no matter what, they want to do business with you. And that was just such a life changing thing to learn at 21 years old. Wow. That's just a, a great example, John, and something so cool. And, and it, it is amazing that you're able to get exposed to that idea at such an early age. And I know that um, you speak a, about the relationship between compassion and connecting with people. And obviously, in this case, right, you were somebody who, you know, displayed compassion for another person, displayed care for another person outside the realm of just the transaction or an order, and that that deepened your connection. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about this relationship between compassion and connection and how we develop more compassion, more empathy in our lives. So why don't you take that uh, and run with that for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. There's kind of an interesting... I I love language and understanding where words come from. Okay, so the word appreciate comes from the Latin word appretiare, which literally translates to to appraise or to set the value of a thing. Well, what is an appraisal, right? Well, if you've ever sold a house or you've sold a piece of jewelry or, or something like that, you know that the first thing you do before you put a price to it is you get an appraisal. You, take a, you bring it to a professional and you say, hey, tell me what this is worth. And they've got their checklist of things that they go off of. Is like, you know, what's the condition? What are other things like this being sold for right now? Is there any damage to it? What does it look like? And at the end of that experience, they hand you a sheet of paper and it says, I deem this property or this item to be worth X dollars. And how do you apply that concept to a human being? It's really interesting because when you think of appreciate, how do you appreciate somebody? What it comes down to is just curiosity. Because to really appreciate where somebody is at in their life, it comes to asking questions, right? And one of the things of, you know, part of the, you know, a lot of my work is I, I teach, you know, gratitude and appreciation to uh, people in the workplace and uh, how they treat their clients. And the big thing with is how do you really learn to appreciate people is you just, take a moment and stop and say, what is their life really like? What are their biggest goals and dreams? What are their biggest problems that keep them up at night? And when you can stop and ask that question, it's really fascinating because, you know, we're, Dan, we're both married, right? And many people listening to this are either married or you've been in a relationship. And we've all had those moments where we were like upset at the other person or we're angry or 
or, or whatever. And we're just like, we're in our own head. And we're like, no, I'm right and you're wrong. And then when we can have the space to pause and to just ask ourselves the question, what is it like for them right now? What are they going through? And how many times has that happened, Dan, where we've been kind of in our own head, but then we pause to say, well, what is it like for you? And then suddenly, it's just like, oh, gosh, I completely forgot. Like You got like three hours of sleep last night because we've got an 11-week-old at home. On top of that, you gave up your job to stay at home to be a mom. So like you, you're like really you're so committed to this. You're at, you're at home with the kids all day. Now I'm speaking of my own family, right? Because this is like my real life right now. Mm-hmm. And when you can take the time to think through that, you can actually really connect with where people are at and you develop compassion. And that's where this whole idea of curiosity is the precursor to appreciation. And appreciation is the birthplace of empathy. And when we have empathy, we start to develop compassion. And when we have compassion, Dan, you can literally connect with anyone, right? When you think of someone like a Mother Teresa out there in the world, why was she able to do what she did to complete strangers who had nothing and nothing to give back? She had pure compassion. And that compassion was developed because of the empathy she had for them, which was because she had the appreciation that they didn't do anything to deserve where they're at in life to from this pure, pure space of curiosity of like, man, what, a, what do other people in the world live like? And that's how she become who she's become. Now, that's on a totally different scale, but that works inside a single relationship. And can I share a story about that? Yeah, please. This, this was like a real... Because here's the beautiful thing. When, whenever you become a thought leader in a space or you, you, you teach things, you're now responsible for living the lesson, right? So I was... Uh, um, this is about... This is actually during the, the Mr. Thank You Project 2017. Um, when I was writing five thank you cards every single day. And it was also a slight challenging time in my family because some of you know the story, but my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease when I was 18 years old. And in 2017, he was kind of getting pretty... He was pretty far along in his journey. And I remember coming home and, and you know, my mom and I, we didn't always have the greatest relationship growing up. Well, yes, she did have a lot of wisdom. We also butted heads a lot on certain things. And so we had kind of uh, gotten some distance. And... I remember coming home to visit my mom and this was in 2017 and she was she was really upset because she had become my dad's 100% caretaker. She was with him every day and she was just basically unloading on me everything she was feeling, how hard it was for her and just like picking him up, taking care of him and just in my head I was like, "Okay, yes, mom, I've heard you talk about this. I know it's hard for you. You live in San Diego, I live in Texas. I can't like just move out to San Diego and do all this." And then she was saying, well, you know, it'd be so great if, you know, maybe because we have five kids in the family. She's like, well, you know, if you guys could come out and spend like a week with dad and, and take care of him so I can get like a week off to go do something, like that would really mean a lot. And I was still in my head like, mom, okay, I, I've got a family. I've got kids. I live in Texas. I can't just take a week off of work and just come down and do this. And I just, I just stopped myself, Dan. And I just, I looked at my mom and for the first time since I can remember, I just really listened. And what I got was... My mom was in a lot of pain. And I just said, you know what, mom? What I'm hearing you say is that right now, this is really hard for you. And it would make a huge difference for you if myself and each of the kids in our family could take a week out of our lives, come out here and spend it with dad, and you could get that week away. And that would make a real difference for you, wouldn't it? And she's, and with like, with tears in her eyes, she's like, that's all I want. And I said, I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen. So you can count on me. I can commit to a week. And I'll start a conversation with my siblings about how we can all make this happen. 
And and Dan, true vector style, I get my family on a conference call, <laughs> and we have and we start delegating like who's going to come on what week and who's going to. You know, we all had to take time off of work, and we we some a lot of us live in Texas, some of us live in other parts of the country, and we all plan time to fly out and spend a, an entire week, seven straight days, taking care of my dad, one hundred percent. I mean, he was essentially he had to help him brush his teeth, take him to the bathroom, and we do everything with him. So it was a really it was a real like commitment we had to make. And so for the next year, Dan, every member of my family, all of my siblings, we went out and did that. And going into August of twenty eighteen. When my youngest sister got to come out and and spend her week with my dad, that was the week my dad passed away, and everybody got their turn. Everybody got to have that time with my dad. And had I been who I had been most of my life in a relationship with my mom, which is just like I'm right and you're my mom, which means you're wrong, right? Or you have a difference of opinion, and I'm just going to be here, you're going to be there. But because I had the ability to stop. And just really be curious of like, man, what is what is going on here with this person? Instead of being like, oh, my mom's just, you know, she's upset again because she gets upset, and that's just how my mom is. But to be like, why why is she acting this way? And I think that's a that's a there's a big thing there for a lot of parents. If you have kids who are acting up, well, what would cause them to be acting this way? To dig a little deeper, what is it they're not getting that's causing this to show up? Because mm-hmm. that's not natural for that's how people react. That's a um, not a consequence, but that's like a reaction to an experience that they're having or not having. So that was just such a life-changing thing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to have that curiosity, which allowed me to appreciate how where my mom was at. And then I developed this empathy was like, man, this is super hard. And then I just had this compassion of like, how can I help you? And that, Dan, was just... That gave me and all my siblings a really powerful experience of getting to say goodbye to my dad. And it absolutely changed our lives. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, John. I really enjoyed that. There's one quote from our first podcast that I wanted you to expound upon and and, and just speak to. And it was, the best way to change our experience of life is to change our conversations. So tell us a little bit about what you mean there and how we can apply that in our lives. Yeah, it's a really interesting just concept of when you think about, you know, I know we're all we're friends with John Vroman. And what I love about John is he's one of the most best relationship people that I know. And one of the things that he always talked about is, you know, our experience of life is related to uh, is dependent upon the relationships that we have. And then kind of the next layer of that is to say, well, what dictates our relationships? And it's kind of interesting, Dan, when you actually look at all your relationships, what I've found to be true is that our experience inside of a relationship is commonly related to the conversations that we have. Because what else is a relationship other than a series of conversations that you have and don't have? Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it, like if you were to take like your top five relationships that you have, it could be a spouse, could be a family member, could be a friend, could be coworkers, and then you were to just write down like maybe three sentences and just say, what is the essence of all of our conversations that we have? It might shock you a little bit to know how certain relationships you have, there's a level of, you know what we talk about? We talk about the problems with this person, or we talk about our problems in general, right? Or we're talk, or this person comes to me and they're constantly complaining and I'm helping them, or, or the other way around, right? Or there's just like, there's something about the past that we talk about. Sometimes it's a, we're always talking about the future and what's exciting. And what's really interesting is that the more positive future forward conversations we have, the more energy those relationships bring to us. And the thing that's really fascinating is some people say like, oh, well, you know, they talk about you are, 
the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And it's kind of an interesting concept because it almost feels a little bit of victimness around that because it's like you're subject to your relationships. Well, what if there was an ability to impact that relationship positively and to change it? And what I learned and found is by simply changing the conversation that you have, you can change your experience in that relationship and thus change your experience of life. Hmm. You know, there's a really interesting thing. So when I was selling Cutco at the booth, right? And there was kind of... This is a a trait when I teach salespeople who have to have coworkers, right? And in all parts of life, you have coworkers. And there are some people who are just like that, that negative Nancy, that just person who is just not fun to be around. And that can affect your performance in that area of life, right? Like how you show up is like, oh man, I just totally... You're not looking forward to it because you're like, gosh, I'm going to spend time with so-and-so. He's just such a downer. And here's, there's two things that I've, I've learned to ask myself. One is I, would, I ask myself, who loves this person and what do they love about them? Interesting question because while some people don't have a great experience, I bet there's somebody who really truly loves this person. And then I just make it a goal to find out what that is about this person through our conversations when we get together. And the second thing is I just, when I'm with that person, I just dictate the direction of that experience by the questions that I ask. Right. So one of the things that when I meet someone, if they're, uh, if they're a married man, one of the things I love to ask them is, Hey, what's your wife's name? And then what do you love about your wife? And what's so fun about that, Dan, is that I just see them light up and I just see them like their energy shift. And even especially sometimes if it's kind of like a macho or like an alpha male type of guy and how they kind of soften up when they talk about what they love about their wife, it's this really cool thing. And then it kind of changes our relationship and what we get to talk about. Of like, you know, how did you guys meet? How did you fall in love? What did that look like? What are some goals that you have for your life right now? Asking those types of questions, it just kind of creates this really interesting relationship in this mm-hmm. because the next time we get together, I now have another point of conversation that I have with this person, which is like, hey, how are you doing on that thing we talked about? Hey, how's your wife doing? And you can just see their energy shift from that moment. And so it's, it's a really interesting thing to learn to not be a victim inside your relationships, but learn how to direct them in the way that's going to be supportive as best it can be. Because there are some... you know, I remember one funny thing is there is a guy I was working with and, and I was like, hey man, he was having a bad day. I was like, hey man, tell me about your best order you've ever had at a booth. And he was like, oh, well, this one time I did this and I sold an ultimate and then they returned it. And I was like, come on, man. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and you know what? And for some people, you just do your best, right? You, you really do your best. And, and that, that's all that we can do, right? And the thing that I can... What I can tell you, and this is truth to my career with Cutco, I just wanted to create a space where people enjoyed working with me. I wanted to create a space where people were like, Oh, who do I get to work with? Oh, I'm working with John? Awesome. It's going to be a good day. And the more I created those experiences, you, you know what I learned? The more opportunities showed up for me. If I became a person who was enjoyable to be around, well, why did I become an enjoyable person to be around? Because I created great conversations when I was with people. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I think that was a real dictator of like kind of what became a lot of my success inside of Cutco. Yeah, that, that's so good. You talked about uh, the energy that we create in our interactions with other people. And, and there's a lot of books about this that I've read over the years that talk about our our interactions and, and how we make people feel. I mean, going all the way back to uh, Dale Carnegie and How to Win Friends and Influence People. The Energy Bus by John Gordon is another great book that talks a lot about the energy that we create with people. And, and just the idea that I've learned is that every interaction we have with others 
either gives energy or takes energy. It's a good idea to think of every interaction that way, that there's no neutral. We're always either mm. giving some energy or we're taking some energy. And our conversations is exactly what creates that. And there's a principle that I know you've learned also that uh, is called the Losada principle. It comes from a, 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 a psychologist named Marcial Losada who studied human interaction. And what he found was that in relationships that were the strongest, that were the best, there was at least a five to one ratio of positive to negative interactions. And, and John Gottman studied this from the, from the standpoint of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and pointed out that for a, ma- a marriage to survive, there has to be something like a three to one ratio of positive to negative interactions. And if the ratio starts approaching one to one, that those are typically relationships that will end. And so how do we create this five to one ratio of positive to negative interactions. Well, a big part of it is appreciation, right? Mm. It's appreciation. It's, it's, it's the things you've talked about, curiosity about the other person and you know how are they feeling and why are they feeling like this? And that leads to that appreciation for them and the empathy, compassion, all those things that you have discussed. And I just think that it's important for us to create a structure in our life that provides us an opportunity to habitually and consistently appreciate others. And you created that structure when you went on the Mr. Thank You Project, which was writing five thank you notes a day, every day for 365 days. And doing that for one year completely changed your paradigm in life. The way you looked at everything in your life changed and developed uh, in, a, in a positive way. And you've developed this ability to have people feeling good when they're around you because of you know the way that you have conversations with them, the way you treat them, the way that you appreciate them, your curiosity. So. So many good lessons, I think, came out of, uh, uh, out of what you have shared and what you're sharing now with the world. But I, I feel like that Lasada principle of five to one positive to negative interactions is a really important concept that people can take home and think about. How else are you creating a structure to be able to consistently be appreciating, to consistently be positive and having good conversations? It's an interesting question. So I think that I've just, I'm in this place now, and this is like, this is, um, this was like an example of, of how the lesson came about and then how it shows up. So, you know, and this is actually an experience with you, Dan, where we were at the Front Row Dads retreat. And the Front Row Dads is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's run by John Broman. And it's a group of entrepreneurial fathers. And we get together to talk about how to become better husbands to our wives and fathers to our children while we uh, run our, our businesses. And, and the first time we got together was in Philadelphia back in 2016. And it was in October, which worked out to be the third day of the Mr. Thank You Project. And Inside of doing that, it's kind of an interesting fact that you got to figure out, well, who do I appreciate every day? And the thing that was interesting, Dan, and this is where I think we're getting to at this part of the conversation, is that becoming a good finder in life. And what if it was your job to notice people doing something good? And so for me, I just attached a habit to it that I, I had to do because if I missed a day writing five cards, I had to donate $1,000 to charity. So it's kind of this interesting like conundrum of like, I got to do it. But how do you, but it's, it's interesting because how do you do gratitude, especially when you don't feel like it, right? But so there's just like, you kind of have to allow yourself to just be present to what can I appreciate here. And there's a woman that uh, we met one of the nights and we came to a big restaurant, a rest, not a big restaurant, small restaurant. And we brought about 40 guys. We had no reservation. We showed up and she was frustrated. The, the waitress, her name was Shante. She was frustrated, like, oh my gosh, these guys are about to ruin my night, right? It was like 10 o'clock at night probably ready to go home early, but we were going to keep it there all night. So she greets us, brings us to the back room. 
And you know what? She she totally warms up to us. She was a pro. She knows how to do her job. She connects with everybody. She gets all of her drink orders, and she just took care of took care of everybody by herself. You know, she she had the cooks bring the food out. I mean, there was no other support she had. So she just really took care of all of us at a super high level. And I just remember thinking at the end of the night, from how she started the evening to how she finished, I was like, man, she is so deserving of some love and appreciation. Here's the thing, Dan. If I wasn't committed to writing five thank you cards a day, would I have noticed that? Hmm. Would I have been present to that that's something worthy of, of acknowledging and noticing? Probably not. I would have been like in the game, like hanging out with you and hanging out with these guys and having a good time and appreciating that conversation, but not looking externally for like really what is there to appreciate. Right. And so I saw her and I was like, okay, she's my number five. She's my last card for the day. So I grab some stationery and I write, uh, essentially, I write her a note and I say, Dear Shante, I know it might seem strange to receive a thank you card from a patron, but I just felt compelled to write you this letter because I know we showed up without a reservation and you could, could have turned us away and we would have completely understood. You could have actually given us terrible service and we would have gotten it because we overwhelmed you. But you gave us an amazing experience tonight. And we're a group of entrepreneurial men here for a conference to learn how to become better husbands to our wives and fathers to our children while we run businesses. And tonight was really important because it was all about fellowship. And you really facilitated tonight amazingly. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself and everybody in our group. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. And I put that letter in an envelope. And I walked over to Shantae. This time it was about 1.30 in the morning. I walked over and I handed it to her. She accepts it awkwardly as most strangers do when I hand them a thank you card. And I start to walk away. And then as I, I am leaving, it's about, it's, I think it's snowing outside. And I'm like, Oh man, I got to use the restroom before we get back to the hotel. So pop back into the restaurant, go to the bathroom. And when I come out, Shantae is standing there waiting for me with like this big grin on her face. And she cocks her head to the side, opens her arms, and then just runs at me and gives me the biggest bear hug of my life and says, that is the best tip that I've ever been given. And then she sets me down. And uh, it was a big hug. And we just looked at each other for maybe five seconds. And it wasn't customer server. It was just human being and human being having a connection. And it was in that moment that I learned one of the greatest lessons of the Mr. Thank You Project, which is one of the greatest needs human beings have that they most commonly don't voice, which is the desire to be seen. Mm-hmm. And to be seen for our greatness rather than our weakness. And that's such an important thing because conceptually, like how we work physiologically is we are, we have as human beings, what's called the negative bias, which we're prone to notice what's wrong before we notice what's right. And that served us evolutionarily when it came to, hey, if we hear a growl in the bushes, we have some fear. We don't engage that. We're looking for, oh, is that a problem? I don't want to die, right? So there's benefit to noticing what's wrong. It helps keep us safe and alive. But we've moved past so many of those things. And there's a lot of parts of life where we are still trained to notice what's wrong to be safe, but we're going to be fine most of the time. So what if our job was to just notice what was right with people? And it's just, and, and what I've learned, and this is the thing, Dan, what if that was your job? What if your job was to actually notice people doing something right versus doing something wrong? What is the actual impact that can have in somebody's performance at work? What about their experience of being alive? What I get, because here's the deal, Dan, we gave her a massive tip. Are you kidding me? 40 entrepreneurial dudes at a restaurant, we tipped her really well. Why could she get that 
and a handwritten card and say, you know what? Of these two things, this is the best tip I've ever been given. So what that tells me, and this is, this is where we're getting into business lessons, Dan, is that, and, and someone told me, is that you know, people will work eight hours for a paycheck. right? They might work 10 hours for more pay, but they, they'll, they'll work 12 to 18 hours for a vision, right? a place where they feel purpose, where they feel valued. And as leaders in whatever it is that we do, when we can create a culture where that that's who we are for people, because you literally might be the only person who is that for them. I remember, Dan, when I was a district manager and I had this one rep and she was literally the most negative person I have ever met. And it was one of those where I'm like kind of controlling who she interacts with and talks to because I don't want her nagging people out. And I remember one day, but I you know just loved on her like I loved every rep. And... I remember one day she just kind of stuck around after a team meeting and she just walked in and she said, Hey, John, I just wanted to say thank you because this is the only positive environment I have in my life. Hmm. And when I go home, I don't, I don't get to hear good things about me from my family. And I don't really have very many friends. And I know I don't sell that much, but I just want to let you know how much I really appreciate this, this office and what you do for everybody. And she stuck around for a very long time. And that was just, it's an example of like, how does this look in real time and form? Just when you think of somebody and you're like, oh yeah, I should appreciate them for that. Stop and do something about it. Literally, if it's like a pause and just looking at them in the eyes and say, hey, thank you. Why is gratitude so valued in the, in the world and in the marketplace? Because it pause, you have to literally pause everything you're doing and reflect and appreciate. And one of the most valuable things that people have in their life is their time. And if you use that time to acknowledge somebody and they know you could have spent that time doing anything else, especially if you're a busy leader, your words of affirmation are worth more than probably any money that you could pay them. Wow. That is an amazing story, John, an amazing lesson for everyone to take home. You know, when I think about Thanksgiving and, and you know, the, the, the time of year at which we're recording this, People typically view Thanksgiving as an opportunity to be grateful for the things we have. And, and of course, that is super important. And all of us should do that. We should be grateful for all the things we have. We live in America. We have opportunities that most people don't even have. Uh, we have so many nice things in our lives. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably someone who's already pretty successful and has a lot of amazing things. But it's also an opportunity to be appreciative of all of the people around us, not just the people that we're in consistent relationships with daily, although those are certainly some of the most important ones for us to be appreciative of, but looking for opportunities all around us every day. And it's an opportunity, right? Thanksgiving is an opportunity for us to change our view of the world and to change the way we look at all the things that are happening around us and all the people that are happening around us with an eye toward what's good, what's right, what's positive. And, and in doing that, we change the way we feel. We change our conversations with others. Of course, those conversations build our relationships as you've shared. And it all cycles into this you know, positive snowball effect that can make our lives and the lives of everyone around us better. And, and John, this is how I view you as uh, you know, your way of being in the world is like that, um, is someone that uh, creates positive feelings everywhere you go. And um, I really, really appreciate what you're doing, John, 
and the role you're playing in the world, all the value you bring, you are truly changing lives through your influence on a regular basis. And uh, I'm a huge fan and supporter. And I know that uh, the Cutco community loves you and is a huge, are huge fans and supporters of you as well. So I uh, just wanted to say thank you for making time for us today. Uh, this has been great. Thanks. Yeah, you guys can't see, but I'm blushing over here. So that's really, I, I appreciate that, Dan. It means a lot. Awesome. See you soon. All right. Bye, guys. John Israel, everyone. So many good ideas uh, came out of that. Not going to try to recap. If you need a recap, listen or watch the whole thing again. There's a uh, teaching topic that I've uh, learned and shared with others, and it's something called the mood elevator. And it's sort of a list of different moods that we might be in. And any of the ones that are what we would call negative moods are in the lower floors of the mood elevator. And what the uh, teacher of this topic shares is that the emotion or idea or concept that moves us from the lower floors to the upper floors, the tipping point is curiosity. And John talked about this today, the role of curiosity and how it's the precursor to appreciation. And um, when we develop curiosity or fascination, instead of being frustrated or angry or negative about something, when we develop curiosity, it leads to appreciation, which leads to empathy. And then we can create new, a new vibe, a new uh, feel with people around us through appreciation. And as we convey our appreciation more and more and more, this changes how we feel inside, internally. And of course, it also changes how the people around us are feeling as we're tending to give energy on a regular basis versus taking that energy. And we're moving more towards that three to one or five to one or higher ratio of positive to negative interactions with all of the people around us. And as we do this habitually, it simply creates a new and better way of being. And we can become the kinds of people that John Israel is, the kinds of people that John Israel described in this episode today, who bring uh, energy to the people around them, you know, create more positive feelings, build stronger relationships, and are just happier in their lives. So uh, if you're listening or watching this uh, anywhere around Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, I think it's an awesome time, as I said, to be grateful for what we have, to be appreciative of all the people in our lives, and to change our view of the world forevermore. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. Uh, I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.